This is the Hawthorne 73 Drive Podcast. Design, rigor, innovate, victory, everyone. What's driving you? Hello and welcome to another episode of the D73 Drive Pod. We are back again with you this week for a discussion on rigor. R is our letter this time, rigor. And so I'm back with John Reed, first of all, Director of Instructional Technology for the Hawthorne School District. And I am here with Karen Maturo. Hi, Karen Maturo, Assistant Superintendent of Innovative Learning. Thanks for joining us again. All right, Karen, what have you got for us for rigor? Okay, so I, I lo- we've been, John and I always talk about rigor and about how we're thinking that classrooms need to look differently in the when you teach the Netflix generation. That's what they're calling them, the net, Netflix generation. And, you know, we are reading and talking about Learning Transformed, a book by Eric Scheininger that we've talked about before and Thomas Murray. And they have a chapter in their colleague called Redesigning the Learning Experience. And basically the chapter is all about how do we get kids to have more rigorous pedagogy? And what what they talk a lot about is moving from teacher-directed activities, so teacher being at the center, to students being at the center, meaning students are doing the heavy lift. And isn't that much that teachers Always. that teachers go home not as exhausted as the students? And we've heard this from a bunch of different authors, Robin Jackson, everything, but like literally analyzing if you can't make it to your car at the end of the day and the kids are running out woo like we want the students to be exhausted not you we want them to do the heavy lifting so they talk a lot about that in a framework of moving the moving it away from just getting knowledge to applying knowledge and john and i've talked about this so many times before bloom's taxonomy about moving from just remembering things to creating things. And so that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today, how to do that in the classroom. So what are the four quadrants that they show? They have this graph and we can we can kind of share this as well in our show notes on the podcast, but there's this graph that has an A, B, C, D quadrant. So what are each of the four quadrants? I know they're similar to some other frameworks we've seen. Like if, you, if you're familiar with the technology frameworks, there's SAMR, mm-hmm. there's TPAC, there's the technology integration matrix. There's all these different frameworks and they're they're similar in some ways. So what about this rigor and relevance thing? Right. So they have the XY quadrant. So the X quadrant is application and they talk about the difference between a teacher working or a student working. So obviously we want to move down that line to student working and they go all the way from knowledge to application to real world situations. So it comes back to like what we talked about last week with like mm-hmm. that design model. Are they are they talking about relevant problem solving things that are, are important to their lives? And the other axis, they talk about the knowledge. And that moves from like student thinks all the way to student, I love this, works and thinks. So we want you know, we don't want kids just passively thinking and not doing something with their thinking. So that's the quadrant moving all the way on that quadrant from remembering, as we said, to create. We want them applying what they've learned to do something with it in relevant world, real world experiences. One of the things I really like about the, and if you haven't seen this before, it's called the technology integration matrix. And I think it fits really well with this framework as well, the rigor and relevance framework. 
from a tech standpoint, and I love kind of the wording that they have with it, when you get to the transformational level, mm -hmm. you start at the entry level, the adoption level, then there's adaptation, then there's infusion, and then there's transformation. And one of the things I love about almost every descriptor in the transformation level is it goes from, at the entry level, you are passively receiving information from the technology whether it's an iPad, whether it's some other device, whether it's a VR headset or, or something like that. Favorite. I know you like it <laughs> after we tried one out. You're, you're passively receiving information and you're kind of using it in just a very basic entry-level way. But the term that I really like once you get over to the transformation side of things is extensive, and here's, my, here's the word I like, unconventional use of tools. I love that. So you're kind of, you're getting the students to, when you get to the adaptation and infusion levels of that framework, that, that technology integration matrix, it's using the tools, you know, conventional use, but maybe taking it a little bit beyond what you would normally do. Whereas when you get the transformation, this is a completely unconventional use for this type of device, you know, something we haven't thought of before, something you can do without the technology. And so I always love that unconventional use of tools. They even they even talk about that in this chapter that we've been talking about redesigning. So they talk about, you know, kids use Google Slides all the time. Like, and they're talking about, they create something, they put something together, but we never get to the point where students are actually, or some of us maybe, aren't getting to the point where students are evaluating. Mm -hmm. Who did it best? Right. Which, which peer did it best and why? What did they use in their slides that made us learn more? Or even to the point where they talk about like peer editing and getting feedback. Like mm -hmm. this doesn't grab my attention. This doesn't have a real world problem. I'm not yeah. interested in this. And so they talk about exactly what you're saying. So using these tools in unconventional ways, we tend to get, just like with textbooks or whatever, we tend to use it one way and don't think about other ways to use that tool. So this is what this chapter talks about too, using Google Forms or Google Slides and actually getting to that evaluation, synthesis, analysis part of the learning and thinking and doing. So some great ways, so this this framework that you were sharing that we were reading about, it has the A, B, C, D, the, the A and B along the X axis, along the bottom, mm -hmm. that's the position and application. And then along the top of the assimilation is quadrant C, adaptation is quadrant adaptation, D, which yeah. is where we wanna be in quadrant D. One of the great things about mixing this together and looking at, well, how can technology help us? You might be as a classroom teacher asking, okay, great, this all sounds wonderful. This framework sounds, give me some tools. Like what do I, what can I actually use to get to quadrant D mm -hmm. if that's one of our goals? And just to kind of give you some examples. So in quadrant A, where we're talking about acquisition, that's more of like the entry level stuff where you're editing documents, you're creating and naming folders in Google, you're using a Word document, you're internet searching, it's the basic stuff. Uh, quadrant B, a little bit more advanced. You're doing Google Docs, you are running a program, you're posting on social media, you're commenting on social media or on a document. Quadrant C, you're going a little bit further. Now you're starting to test things out. You're starting to video edit, doing those type of things. But when we get to Quadrant D, that's where you're really kind of bashing things, like remixing what it is that you're doing. You are photo or video blogging, you're podcasting, you are, you're broadcasting something, you're composing something in GarageBand or some other type of a program, you're digital storytelling and all these different things. So to take some tools and, and kind of go to each of those quadrants, just to kind of give you a sense of what that would look like, let's say that we are, we're looking for the goal to be to quadrant D for our students. 
quadrant D skills are those that are the real world, I like this word too, unpredictable yep. situations. They refer to a mark the ability to use digital tools and social medias to think in complex ways. And so some examples of how you could do that, just to just kind of give you an idea in terms of the high rigor and high relevance. Uh, let's say, for example, we started with low rigor and low relevance. That's something like using a spreadsheet program like Google Sheets to record the state and capital city of each of these states. You're just doing that in a spreadsheet. If you wanted to go high rigor and low relevance, you're using the internet to research to understand why a state capital is located where it is. Kids are not going to care much about that. There's not a whole lot of relevance there. Um, in terms of high relevance, low rigor, you're using Google Maps to locate capital city you don't know. But when we get to that high relevance, high rigor, it's something like creating a blog that highlights places in a state's capital that families should visit during their summer vacation. Why? Like taking it beyond, you know, almost like creating your own little tour. Yeah. Think of, we talk sometimes about, because we've been looking at some virtual reality stuff and like virtual field trips and things like that. And that's great. And I almost hate to say the word passive because if you've ever used a VR headset, it doesn't feel a whole lot passive, right. but it kind of is. Next step beyond that would be have students create their own tours. Have students create their so, own Why you go to a place that right. you're going. Well, even in this text I'm looking at, they actually give verbs and examples, like mm -hmm. you're saying, because we know our teachers like yeah. examples. But it's all those verbs that we love in the classroom when, when we see this happening. Arguing, concluding, creating, exploring, inventing, modifying, planning, predicting, and rating. And some examples, and I'm looking at these like, oh gosh, I don't know. But like you're saying, animating, audio casting, blog commenting, broadcasting, collaborating, digital storytelling, directing, mashing, mixing, that sounds fun. Remixing, modifying, game, gaming, networking, blogging. What, I don't even know what video blogging is, mm -hmm. but they use that as an example. Yeah. And then reviewing. like. These are the kinds of things when we talk about getting kids engaged in their work. These are the kinds of activities that will change, transform your classroom. And I, I know there was a quote that I also like to kind of like to end our conversation here. You know, there are two types of schools, those that prepare kids for the future and those that allow adults to live comfortably in the past. And as we talk about innovation, we want our kids prepared for the future. I like the future. I like the future trend. Looks bright. Future yeah. looks bright. All right. Well, thank you, Karen. And thank you, everybody else, for joining us again this week. If you want to find out more, the book is called Learning Transformed by Eric Scheninger and Thomas C. Murray. Um, so you can go check that out. But if you do a quick Google search as well for any of the things that we've talked about, whether it's the rigor and relevance framework, the technology integration matrix, TPAC, SAMR, any of those different things, a quick Google search. We'll put some links in the show notes as well. But a quick Google search, you'll find, you'll find a whole bunch of resources for them. So, or let us know. And we'll come and chat with you or your team about ways to incorporate some of these ideas. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much. And we'll see you back here again next week. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the D73 Drive podcast. Design, rigor, innovate, victory, everyone. What's driving you?